You know, there are many choices in internet radio, and the staff and host of LA Talk Live would like to thank you for choosing the internet's hottest destination for the most eclectic sound and invigorating talk. This is LA Talk Live. We are more than just talk. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. And as I turn up the collarbone, my favorite winter coat, this wind is blowing my mind. I see the kids in the street, but not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see them? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special presentation tonight here on LA Talk Live. This is The Change Factory with your humble host, Richard Carr. Uh, we do these shows every now and then because every now and then we meet some very, very special people who come through our studio. And um, this young gentleman we met uh, some weeks ago on another show, so impressive, uh, we were inspired to bring him on a show especially spotlighting some of his work and a new documentary that he has coming out that we'll be talking about later on in the show. Joining me uh, for the first time, it seems, in quite some time, at least on camera, I've got our good friend and one of our associate producers, Mr. Terry Bowles. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You might know him from such things as uh, following up with you right here from the studio <laughs> to let you know that you can advertise here. And Terry's been very, very, uh, you know, instrumental in getting that project going with we us today. Working. Yes, we are working. So all of you folks out there who are friends and fans of LA Talk Live, you too can run your advertisement here on our network. We're aggressively seeking sponsors. So if you're out there, just you can hit me up, Richard, at latalklive.com or our good friend, Terry Bowes, Terry at latalklive.com. Shameless plug, had to get that in. <laughs> That's not what this show is about tonight, though. Uh, our show tonight is spotlighting, again, a gentleman who we met recently on another show. His name, let me uh, get things set up here. Uh, without further ado, we've got Mr. Mariko Coleman in the studio with us tonight, so let's give him a rousing round of applause. Camera set up here. Glad you made it on time. All right. Indeed, I'm indeed. Respect, respect for that. Yeah, it's around L.A. traffic. Right? Traffic, traffic. I've got your um, your movie poster up. It is, in fact, a documentary. That's correct. Full length documentary. Yes. And it's called First Forgotten. Before we get to that, because that's going to be one of our central themes tonight, as we talk about this documentary i was very blown away by it when i heard about it uh we just reconnected kind of yesterday on the phone and you were so gracious to say yeah i'll come down thursday or was it tuesday we were talking right so it wasn't it didn't even take much time to get you over here and we appreciate that because again respect due um you know you step right to the task and to the to the challenge um but once i heard about the documentary i was okay no doubt let's do this thursday do a special pre presentation here on the change factory um but you, you've been doing film for quite some time. You are, in fact, a writer, producer, and director. So I thought it would be, you know, helpful to get our tuners out there familiar with you, Mariko, and, you know, a little bit about your background. Tell us about it. Well, originally I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Mm, um, representing? Right. I or, moved out here to, to live maybe three years ago. But I actually, um, when I was in college, my college days, um, I graduated from Memphis College of Art, 
and Man. trying to be an overachiever. Over the park. <laughs> um, I was awarded a mobility scholarship where I could go to like 40 different schools. Anywhere around, you wanted. Around the <laughs> country. Right. Wow. A couple overseas. And uh, I chose to come to Otis College of Art and Design. Hmm. Of course, Smart Memphis, Memphis uh, yes. College of Art paid for it. Wow. Um, wow. It's an exchange program. They made me sign a contract, though, said it. That I couldn't stay, <laughs> so I don't understand. Um, <laughs> so I had to come back after that semester. A little closer to your microphone. Please. Uh, to come back after that semester. So, um, so um, yeah, my background is initially it's kind of it's kind of long. I'm an artist by nature. I um, started off as an illustrator. Oh, really? Yeah. Back um, in the days of press down type. Oh, that's back in the days of being running around my mama's house drawing. Mickey Mouse on the wall. On the wall. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I started off as And she a, let you do it. That's a good thing. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think I was around four or five or six, and I was drawing a flower or something, and my mom was like, man, you're actually pretty good, you know. And I just kept that up, and it went on to um, fast forward, um, went to Memphis College of Art. Um, I wanted to major in, uh, like, film and but Memphis College Art being a contemporary art school, focusing on painting mm -hmm. and drawing and illustrations and stuff like that, fine press. Um, you mentioned that photography. So, um, so I kind of created my own thing, which they gave me a computer arts multimedia wow. type of deal, and they just kind of let me do whatever I want to do. Okay, and so That's pretty um, early on you know, in the game too. Right. You know what I would I, imagine you you're a young man though, so. Right, so and um, I'm sorry, Terry. Oh no, so I, I was going to ask you right about about that journey from coming from Memphis to LA. But I see now you'd already got your your fix. You got your taste. Yeah, of, oh, you got a taste of LA. Oh, when I came out here, I was <laughs> like, man, I got to get back. <laughs> so, yeah, and so it took a minute, but we came back. Um, me and my family, and um, and we just hit the ground running. One thing that I did learn when I was out here that, you know just start, you know, just mm -hmm. do you. And, um, you know, people will find you just like mm -hmm. you two gentlemen, you know, this, this is, this is fine. I, I love, I love this, what you're doing, you know? Thank so you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You thank know, you. when you asked me to come in, I, I thought it was an honor, you know, so I don't thank like you. to pass up opportunities. I try not to squander any opportunities. So. Man, we're glad to have you in the studio. Right. Indeed. We're very honored yes. ourselves to have you. Hmm? Mariko, um, I, I'm at your IMDB. I'm sure you have lots of stuff on the web. Um, one of the things I noticed was something from 2015 uh -oh. called Gangster Walking, uh -oh. the movie. It was a TV movie documentary. Right. Uh, of course, we've got Terry Bowes guest hosting with us tonight on uh, The Change Factory. He, he was chomping at the bit to get into this topic. <laughs> I said, hold it for the show. I know you're going to give me so, another. Yes. Yeah, is that okay? Can we, that's that's perfect. Let's go, Can we go there? Let's, Let's go yeah. for it. Let's go for it. Tell us about Gangster Walking, the movie. Gangster Walking, the movie. It's it's actually a documentary. Mm -hmm. And um, it started with an idea because Memphis is, is known for this dance that, that they invented, you know, and... I heart Memphis. Right. And so <laughs> yeah. and, and so the the initial idea was not mine. Someone came to me with the idea and I thought it was a great idea, but I was like, it's it's only gonna work if you get everybody in the city to get involved on it. And mm -hmm. it was like, well, how are we gonna do how that? How you gonna do that? <laughs> so I, I knew one guy that was so well respected 
that if I could just throw his name around like a politician, that I could get uh, a couple more people, then I could throw all their mm-hmm. names around. So this guy is Slice T, and um, and Slice, Slice. Slice is like super well respected. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of those guys who will walk past you going into the 7-Eleven, and you're like, oh, okay, and he may jump out of a spectrum mm-hmm. or something like that <laughs> you know but he's he's done Big work for, he's he's done Slice work too. for some of the biggest yeah. artists you can imagine i think he's working for garth brooks right now yeah. so he's like an engineer or somewhere oh, really? right so he's he's Stick. and so once i got slice and got him on board right yeah. and everybody like you didn't get slice tea on here i'm like i got slice tea on here you know and he showed him a little footage and so that's how the ball got to roll and so pretty much the movie is about a dance in Memphis and um and everybody wants to know where it initiated, where it started uh-huh. from. That's the biggest thing about the movie. Yeah. And with Memphis is so much pride about this dance is that everybody wants to say it came from this area of town. So the oldest South. Fact, the oldest fact that I got was um, North North right <laughs> no, no. Yeah. shout <laughs> from, out to me from Sonny D uh, and Ray to J and um unfortunately Sonny D passed he passed away he passed Man, rest in after, peace Sonny D right at, rest yeah. in peace Sonny D so he passed after we um shot it and um and so his recollection recollection that it came from North Memphis North area. Memphis. So I'll give this. I'll, North North. I'll give it to North Memphis. Memphis. Okay. <laughs> we. I actually. Uh, they not found, saying that because I'm from North Memphis. Oh, right? not doing that right now. <laughs> I actually I'll found a movie you. poster uh, from that documentary, and it's it's pretty intriguing because uh, first of all, I love the graphics. Obviously, thank you. Your college degree has served you well, um, but also uh, I can only imagine this is probably one of those trend dances. I I don't know what else to call them where. Every city's got a kind of yeah. got its own little dance right. moves, and is that what this is about? Well, well, uh, I would say that Gangster Walking was, <laughs> was was it's a Memphis thing, thing, okay? You know, and you'll hear that in that documentary a lot of time, a Memphis thing. But what has happened since then, you know, it has migrated from Gangster Walking to Jooking to Bucking to Chopping to yeah. what the young guys are doing now. So if you type in Bucking, Chopping. Um, juking. juking. They, they mostly call Jumping. it ju- juking now. J-O-O-K-I-N or yeah, I-N-G. And like you'll that. get a slew load of stuff on YouTube. And uh, some of those guys went on to be famous. Uh, you got Buck the Legend. You got um, G-Nerd. G-Nerd is one of my guys. You got little Daniel. You got a, you just you got hundreds of guys in Memphis who, I mean, they just extraordinary. They went around the world gangster walking. Right. They used to, we used to gangster walk. You know that was um, that was like that was fighting in the club. Actually, that's why they call it gangster walking. Because oh, that's how y'all get down. In the way you the, the way you dance, you you swung young like if anybody was in the way, they about to get hit. In All the right. face. So, yeah. but it wasn't violent. And it was per a, se. Nah, but it uh, wasn't no. for the sake of violence. But it that. was a line of your gang going around. Everybody's like about six, seven, Jutin. eight deep. Yeah, and you're going in one. Right. No. Did I get that right? Is it or jugging? What y'all call yeah. it again? What? Gangster walking. Gangster walking. <laughs> yeah. At that time, it was gangster walking. All right, okay. Gangster yeah. walking. I'm up to speed. Gangster now. walking. Wow. Gangster walking. Um, the documentary is still available. I would imagine, because right. I'd like to see that. Where could where could someone avail themselves? Well, currently it's on Amazon streaming. Um, working on some other VODs to get it on. Um, unfortunately, they're constantly changing. They're changing the standards every day. So 
you know, my advice to anyone who's doing something, shoot it as high quality as possible. Mm-hmm. Even if you got to go rent a red camera, you know, it, it doesn't cost a lot to rent and shoot everything high quality because, you know, it's a thing, you know, I'm not pointing the finger in any direction. It's a thing to keep those independent people out because you may break through with something okay. small. Yeah. And so um, it's currently on Amazon, um, working on some channels to get it on iTunes. iTunes is kind of like the major distributor for, mm. you know, independent everything. film, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, independent everything, let's right. just yeah. say. Yeah, um, that'd be fair. To but say. it's it's done it's done really well. I've, I've did over a million streaming minutes. Um, Congrats on that! Thank right, you, right. thank you. And um, you know, we're in four or five countries. You know, and I would like to say that I think I'm shining a little light on the guys back home. You know, who's all the participants, all the guys who gave me some airtime, you know, all the mm. dancers, you know, I'm hopefully I'm shining a little light on them. Mm-hmm. But not just, well, well, this puts you in the category, one might say, of a documentarian, right? Documentary maker. Right. I, I, I'll take that title. I, I like to call myself a filmmaker, a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. but I'll take that title of, over, you know, a black exploitation movie. Uh, you know. <laughs> Watch out, we got Ecor the Wolf coming up here. Okay. Little Petey uh, Weestraw himself uh, from the film right. will be in here in a little while. So be careful what you say. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that said, but you're also a director. Right. And you're a writer. Right. Uh, a little bit more about that for our audience out there. Um, well, what I've been working on lately is uh, I've been shooting a lot of music videos, actually. Um, hmm. Been working with Juicy J and worked with Leela Hood, Blue Violinist. I got some stuff coming up with a couple more guys. Shout and, out to Lee. Right. Leela. Shout out to Lee. And, and I kind of like to keep those on yeah. under wraps because things change so quick and, you know, you, you get pushed back and they're busy and you get pushed back and, and sometimes they're ready and you're not. And so we just go ahead and just make it happen. But um, I'm working on a script now. It's actually a comedy. I I, I really love comedy films. Um, my sister used to say that I was pretty funny growing up. Um, oh, you got jokes? I got a few of them. So, but outside of that, I'm working on a on a comedy script. Um, really? With, with a writing partner of mine. Okay. Um, so he's pretty funny. He keeps me grounded because... As I'm getting older, I, 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 the lingo changes so much. He's like, well, they don't say that anymore. They say this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, outside of that, um, I'm super busy. Terry told me it's productive. So I'll, 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 right. I'm going to take that from him. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I'm, I've yeah, been su- be super, super productive. productive lately. Um, just swamp. So that's to, a good problem. To get this in was, man, I had to come and do this. It's, you know. You know, you know what? I, I was going to ask you this uh, that, that question about like moving out here, and I mean, you got your taste of LA um, um, with the exchange program, but like being out here now, um, and this is where the majority of everything is filmed in uh, in the world. Not every, I mean, not the only place, but this is the majority where filmmakers come. Right. What is it like, um, man? Before black filmmaker, and. And you say you're super productive. Did you find that was it always like that, or was it when you, when you first came out? You came out working, or did you have to? You had to stay to the to the to the beach. They had to stay on the hustle. Well, I, I think I have a different approach of thinking than than I can't say the average person, but the person who actually 
want to do something with their life, you know, I think that if you focus on the end result, a lot of time we focus on how we're going to get to work, how we're going to get some gas, how we, but we, we should focus honestly on the end result. The bigger picture. Right. right. And mm-hmm. then I think everything will line up, you know, and so the faster you go, the faster things happen for you. So, and you have to be able to keep up. You know, you have to be able to embrace. Now, just like this opportunity right here, you know, this gives another, open up another door, another avenue for something that's going to happen for this film or vice versa. Something may happen for you guys off of this, you know. So I think that just, you know, stay in focus and work all the while you're working, you know, and study at least two hours in your field every day. Well, if it's just talking to somebody or it's on YouTube, mm. it, I mean, YouTube now is a university. Yeah. So yeah. I learned so much just from YouTube and, you know. Yeah. Right. Man, I, I fixed the computer yesterday from YouTube. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like I just went, went on another computer, went to YouTube, said, man, how do I do this? It was like, oh, exactly. it's I was like, man, I didn't know I was a tech. <laughs> and, 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 to, and to add on that, it's, um, everybody's helping now. You know, it's like. Everybody's sharing. You know, this younger generation, man, they they share. The word share is, it, maybe in his 60s and 70s, it means flower child or something like that. But now share actually means share. You know, they giving it away. So, man, I learned something from a 10-year-old the other day. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to be joking, right? I'm not lying. Wow. No, a little maybe. boy on there talking to me, teaching me how to market on social media. And I'm like, this dude's a genius. He's like 10 and 11. I can hear it in his voice. I knew he was a little young kid. When you say market on social media, exactly right. what do you mean by that? How, how to get it, how to get more it views, likes, and yeah. shares? Well, not necessarily just that, but just the behind the scenes of the genetics of how it's, how it's done. With the algorithms and right, the words. Right, right. Mm-hmm. The yeah. ad management and things yeah. like that, you know, um, going behind the scenes and putting it together. Because a lot of times, you know, New artists, you know, we struggle and we think we have to spend a ton of money. Not, not necessarily. Not true anymore. Right. So with social media, if you actually go behind the scenes and spend some hours studying these videos, these guys will show mm-hmm. you step by step how to take your project to the next level. I want to, uh, well, Derek, okay. So I, I want to move to uh, the topic at hand, uh, the reason that I think we uh, got you in here this evening uh, or at least what stood out the most in my mind. I know we had met before. A lot of people come through. I couldn't quite pull together all the dots until we got to talking about the movie because I think you mentioned this documentary uh, when you were here last. Even if you did not, uh, we I certainly heard about it last night for the first time, uh, last night, night before, whatever. And this is called First Forgotten. First Forgotten Champions. Mm, First Forgotten Champions. Um... If I could, I, I would like to at least just give a teaser out there, and I'll let you take it from here. And this is a documentary about, this is a basketball legend, a coach named Jerry C. Johnson, who became the first African-American basketball coach to win an NCAA National Basketball Championship in 1975. Now, that sticks out to me because before I really yeah. could drill down into this information you sent us, I was thinking like 1955 or 1945 because I've never heard of this story before. And I know you were very passionate about it yourself as we kind of got a, you know, got our wheels turning here about bringing you on the show. Um, 
and I, I say it, I've, I thought it was from so long ago because when you think that 1975, it may seem a long time ago to you guys, but I was at the clubs. Right. <laughs> I started in 1975. I, I was having a good time. I was in my mid-teens. So it, that doesn't seem so long ago to me. You know, I can still remember that. It's, it is a long time ago. But the fact of the matter is that in 1975, in my mid-teens, I was not aware that there was a black man who won an NCAA title. Yeah, right. Fascinating to me. I was baffled. Yeah, I didn't know. Right. So let's talk, if, if this is a good time to transition to it, about the movie First Forgotten Champions. How'd you get started with the project? Well, this project, I was commissioned to, to do it. Um, like all other projects, none of these projects have been my original idea. So some projects, I said, oh, no, it's not something I want to do. Um, but when I was asked, I was asked by William Anderson. He's the current basketball coach and athletic director at LeMoyne on in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, yeah. And um, LeMoyne. he t told me about it, and he was like, um, he told me the story, and I was like, man, that's amazing. He said, you want to meet Coach? I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll meet him. You know, and when I met him, he was like talking to talking to a, a friend. You know, he's just so down to earth to accomplish so much. And, um, and so he was open. You know, the thing was, the funny thing about it was that, you know, he could have got anybody to do this story. I'm talking about somebody huge. And William was like, Coach, this is Mariko Coleman. You know, I wanted to talk to see if it's okay for him to do your film. And he said, well, William, if you, if you think that he's the guy, then that's the, that's the guy. You know? Everybody still calls him Coach? Yes, yeah, still called coach. <laughs> I, I would venture to say that, that any major, uh, hey you know, yeah. tier of coaching, at least when you get from high school, let's say, into collegiate level of coaching, everybody calls you coach for the rest right. of your life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, if you coach a year yeah. of little league football, some pop Warner, like I did back when I was, you know, in my twenties, that's one thing. I don't get that when I go back home. Hey, Coach Rich, what's up? Uh, but obviously, when you talk about the legends, and certainly people who spent three or more years in a young person's life to coach them th through um, a high school and collegiate level and then, you know, let them go to the professional level. I, I think the name coach or, the, you know, the, yeah. the surname coach will yeah. stay with you forever. Yeah, right? a monitor. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, so um, what team? Uh, he played. He coached. Okay. Well, let me. Let's let, start with him as a because a player. Let's because right, you went there. Let's let's go there. let's start a little bit before then. I'm I'm, I'm I'm gonna try to use Coach Johnson or Jerry Johnson so we can give reference to him instead yes. of me saying the coach. Correct. So Jerry Johnson, um, was like a straight A student in high school, and he left to go off to college in a local area. Now, not only was he a straight-A student, he was this, this impressive athlete. So um, his parents passed away at an early age. He was raised in his later teens by his older sister. Mm -hmm. And so he explained to her that he didn't want to go to this, this school that he was going to. And so and she's like, what school you want to go to? And he was like, Fayetteville, North Carolina. So she was like, well, how are you going to get there? She's like, I'm going to walk. So he hitchhiked to Fayetteville, North Carolina, and he arrived on campus. And he, the first place he went was the agriculture department. And when he arrived on, on, on the campus, 
you know, the agriculture head was like, uh, may I help you? Are you a student here? And most of the answers were no. And he was like, well, what are you doing here? I want to go to school here. And you're like, you have any money? You know, obviously that was a no. And so they uh, established getting him in the school. He started off as a football player. He made he was an All-American football right? player. Right. He's an All-American football player. Now, this is where the story is funny, yeah. right? He's an All-American football player at Fayetteville in Fayetteville, North Carolina. After graduating from college. Is that the college? Is that Fayetteville? Is that the college? Right. In North Carolina, Fayetteville? Right. Okay. And so after graduating from college, he um, went on to be a high school coach, not in basketball, but in football. Mm-hmm. So he was such a good football coach, he won five national championships back-to-back as a football coach. And the reason why he stopped uh, coaching football because he said he was cold. He was he was too cold. It was too cold for him out yeah. there. So <laughs> um the I think the basketball coach left for some apparent reason and he would say it was a perfect opportunity. So he went and talked to the principal and say, Look, I can't do this out here. He's like, You're so good at you like I can't do it. So he um got the job as the head basketball coach. Immediately started mm-hmm. winning championships. This is in high school, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those football players went on to play in the NFL. Um, those basketball players went on to play to the next level. Um, back then, they had the ABA and um, other levels of basketball outside of the NBA because you, this mm-hmm. is prior to, like, desegregation. Right. Integration. Right. Yeah. Things like that. So, um, so from there, he... Um, went on to he had an opportunity to be an assistant coach at a smaller school in um a smaller collegiate school and he said that kind of played with his ego a little bit and it didn't kind of sit right with him so one of his players that that his former football high school football players um played football for north carolina state back then mm-hmm. um and his coach was uh, Johnny McClendon. Johnny McClendon was taught the game of basketball from James Naismith, the, yeah. the inventor of the game. Wow, McClendon. Yeah. Right. So from there, he offered Coach Jerry Johnson an assistant coaching position. And he only coached for Johnny McClendon like once. At North Carolina State, right? Right. The Wolfpack. At, at, for, one, for one year or one summer. And Johnny McClendon had a friend that needed a full-time coach at LeMoyne, which was, it wasn't, the school had merged with another school called Owen, but at that time it was just LeMoyne. So um, it's, it's, it's kind of like, okay, look, I got a head coaching position for you, but it's in Memphis. And he had a problem with coming down south because he knew about, you know, yeah, the segregation. Yeah, segregation and, and everything how it know, was. And um, so he, yeah, that's, he, a, that's, a big, that's a big reason yeah, not to not, right. yeah, not to not to change jobs. Right? That's a good point. So yeah. he if he eventually came to Lamont, and that's pretty much where the le- legend, the collegiate legend, began. Um, and that's kind of like the intro to his story. Hmm. hmm. Wow, fascinating. Now the documentary, full length, of course, right. of uh, a feature documentary, I guess is what you call that in the industry. Is that right? Right. Okay. And um, has it been released yet? Is it out yet? No, actually, um, we're planning to premiere June. So we, we're 
We're You're not, not going to let us leak it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, man. We're not mad at you. I'm not mad, mad at you. <laughs> so we plan on premiering it back home in Memphis. Coach Johnson is nice. still alive. So yeah, okay. still he turns alive. 100 years old this yes. June. Wow. Uh, so we're trying to arrange something. Coach Johnson, wait for it. Wait for it. All right. Give him a rousing <laughs> round of applause. Yeah. Wow. 100 years old. And so I got my PR, PR person working on it, and she's such a great PR person. You know, she when she make the call, they come. So mm-hmm. nice. It's 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 gonna be huge. Um, planning on doing our own thing and our own uh, renting out one of the um, studio on the square. No, we actually did studio on the square um, for Gangster Walking, and when mm-hmm. when it. It premiered. <laughs> it premiered. Case to walking in midtown. Right. And the, um, um, it was the Memphis Film Festival. I think that's what's the name of mm-hmm. it. And, uh, the they, film festival was there. They hold the film festival. And they were like, hey, man, we, phone's been jumping all off the, off the hook and we've gotten so many calls and people trying to get tickets and things like that. So, yeah, we're going to have it in a, a, another theater. Our, our attempt will be, um, Paradiso. Paradiso, <laughs> you know. So yeah. that's the attempt to have it at the Paradiso, and she's working diligently to get everything set up, and I'm hoping we can get it all done in the next four months. Um, okay, okay. 